0: So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at deadeyebbq.com.
1: Hi, I'm Emily Jarenka.
0: I'm Emily Cornell.
1: And we have a very corks-heavy episode of Sports and Corks for you this week. Um, We had some listeners suggests some topics related to wine, and we decided to just dedicate an episode uh, to covering those. So, uh, we know that wine can be kind of intimidating. Um, Sometimes people have an elitist attitude towards it, um, and it's just kind of hard to know where to start sometimes. So, we are going to give you a bit of a crash course in um, just basic food and wine pairings, um, that you can start out with uh, before you get more advanced and maybe eventually become a sommelier. So uh, we'll start off with food pairings um, for savory foods to go with wine. Uh, kind of an easy rule you can follow um, is red meat uh, goes with red wine, um, and white wine goes with seafood typically. You can definitely break those rules, but that's just kind of an easy um, way to start. Do you feel like you typically do that, Emily?
0: I would say yes. Like white wine with seafood and chicken, red wine with anything that's like a darker, heavy meal, which like red meat to me is like kind of dark and heavy or pork. Yeah, pork. Does pork fall under red meat?
1: Um, pork, like you can go white wine or red wine. Um, that's kind of more of a gray
0: area, I guess, but mm-hmm. I believe that typically it's more so red wine. Yeah. I think of like a pork chop and it, yeah. a glass of white wine doesn't seem to <laughs> complement that because I feel like it's a little more salty and a red wine is good with that.
1: Yeah. So like, um, beef, pork, lamb, Um, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is typically, um, butter with red wines, um, steak. It's a good thing to have like a Cabernet Sauvignon with a steak. That's pretty common pairing. Um, if you're having something like spaghetti and meatballs or some sort of a pasta with a red, um, like a tomato sauce, um, a Chianti is a good option to go with that, uh, can't, kind of breaking the rule here, I guess. Salmon a lot of times <laughs> is paired with Pinot Noir, but salmon is like a heavier fish compared to, I don't know, like swordfish or like some sort of a white fish. Um, and then, as we mentioned, like things on the seafood side are more so white wine. So if you're having shrimp scampi, you could pair that with like a Chardonnay um, fish tacos, um, go well with Pinot Grigio. So those are just kind of some basic foods that you probably eat, um, on a regular basis or, you know, several times a year at least, uh, and some easy wines that you can pair them with.
0: And if you're deciding to have like a dinner party and you're not really sure, like what should you as a ho like, quote unquote, I have air quotes, (laughs) <laughs> so you cannot see <laughs> as a good host um what are you trying to like have and like it is good to know like if you are doing anything that is very like meat heavy you do want to go with like that red wine and how like when we've talked about the wines that we drink throughout the year like how in the winter we kind of were talking more about like red wines think about how it's like we you tend to eat heavier food in the winter so and it like tends to be meat heavy so the red wine kind of complements it whereas in the summer you're really going for like fish chicken um and just like lighter foods you tend to eat those pastas that are not you're not trying to eat lasagna in the middle of july well i'm not i don't know about you. I'm <laughs> not <laughs> really no so that's when you are having um those dishes where you you are incorporating fish and um light pasta sauces so I think you really did a good job of laying out like specific types of meals and the the wines that go with it so then um following up your meal let's say you want wine to go with your dessert um dark chocolate desserts uh typically you'll pair with like a port or a, I'm gonna bosh this a shiraz that's perfect oh. <laughs> <sighs> Thank goodness, I, like, don't typically drink that, but, Uh like, it's life. Um, or a (laughs) Absov. Um, and, again, those are, like, very rich wines to go, and, like, your dark chocolate desserts are pretty rich, um, so they just complement each other. Um, vanilla desserts, Moscato, like, say what you want about Moscato. Um, if you get a good one, Mm -hmm. it, it does make a difference, whereas the ones that I'm sure we were all drinking in college... (laughs) like don't pair that with your dessert don't try to impress your friends with the Moscato you would buy when you were underage in college don't do (laughs) it they will not look at you as an adult they'll be like oh I didn't realize I showed up to a frat party with a vanilla bean cheesecake um
1: (laughs) like yeah maybe like if you're trying to If you're hosting and you have a vanilla dessert of some sort and you want to switch up your wine for the dessert portion, which is totally acceptable, um, if anything, it shows that you know what you're doing. Um, Yes. And you're going to go with Moscato. Like, don't get the barefoot Moscato or something like that. Like, spend a little bit more money on it and people will probably probably be more likely to be willing to try it. (laughs) Yes. If people see, like, a bottom shelf brand and Moscato in one, they're probably going to balk a little bit at that.
0: They are. There's a time and a place for bottom shelf wine. Um, Entertaining guests or just pairing it with your food is not it. You want to have that for when you're like cooking or you're making like a sangria, you're doing something that is going to enhance the wine. Like you don't want to ruin like a nice wine by being like, I'm going to throw some fruit and vodka in it. Don't do that. Do that with wine that's cheap and like would be enhanced by it. Um, but back to desserts, not talking about the the beverages you can make with your wine. Um, if you're having like a fruity dessert when it's like an apple or a pear Rieslings, Prosecco, and moscatos again just like complement it very well. It's very light. Those are also very much like summer types of desserts and wines. And then citrus desserts, we all like brunch. We all enjoy orange juice, grapefruit juice in our champagne. Like champagne goes well with those same desserts. And then for berry desserts, a nice rose or a cava. Um, just really go with that they they balance each other out um, yeah
1: I could go for like a berry tart and a glass of cava. sounds nice or like right. maybe like a little mini key lime pie with a glass mm. of champagne mm. sounds great <laughs> that
0: sounds so good um that's it just sounds like the perfect ending to a day and like you just named two desserts again. The time of year you're gonna eat those, pretty okay. much March through September. Yeah. By the time it gets to pumpkin spice time, you don't wanna pair a cava or a champagne with pumpkin spice anything.
1: No, surprisingly, pumpkin, like pumpkin pie and pumpkin type desserts. Um, they suggest that you pair them with a lot of wines that I have never even heard of in my life. Um, really? but yeah, once I started doing more research on it, it was like all these wine. I can't remember the names of them now. I think Port might've been one of them. That's a common that one, but, yeah. but basically like the, they were red wines with like very heavy spice, which I thought was interesting because mm. I would think that would just be kind of like a lot, um. Um, that is what the experts suggest. So, um, you're just kind of like circling back to the idea, I hate that I just said that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that it can be kind of intimidating to figure out what to buy. You're only going to learn by asking for help um, or researching yourself. So, something that I like to do, if I'm looking for something specific, but I don't know what bottle to buy, maybe, all um, kind of wander around the liquor store a little bit, and when an employee seems extra friendly or makes a point of saying, like, hi, do you? is there anything I can help you with, definitely ask that type of a person for advice. Don't yeah. go up to the old guy who's, like, grumbling around and doesn't seem like he probably <laughs> wants to talk to people because... You're just that's probably going to feed into that like intimidation factor of like I don't want to ask someone or i don't I don't know what to get um People in these jobs typically like to talk about what they know um so my advice would just be try and find someone friendly to um approach and ask um because you're less likely to have a bad experience <laughs> with that type of a person um so that's my advice for like if you, I don't know, say you um, are going in looking for something that will go well with your chicken piccata and you just don't know what to get. Tell that person working that you're making chicken piccata and you're interested in recommendations for specific types of wine that would go well. They will be so excited. Um, do you have any recommendations for, you know, how to shop for wine or figuring out what to pair with what?
0: Yeah. So when it comes to, given the, the way we're living right now, a lot of people started cooking um, and cooking things they wouldn't normally make because they have the time that if you want to make your own pasta by hand, well, good Lord, you have the whole afternoon to make it yourself. You can make your sauce from scratch. You can do all these things. So I would say if you're like one of those people who loves bon appetit, They are probably going to tell you what kind of wine to pair with the food, not only because they're like, oh, you're going to want to cook with it, but because it will like complement it. So um, don't like undervalue those recommendations because like when it comes from like different cooking blogs or whatever, because they are, they probably are going to give a good recommendation of the type of wine and even some good brands or labels, And, um, some of those people, like if you reach out to them, I know this is like definitely putting yourself out there, but again, we're like in a place where we're like reaching out to people virtually, like DM them and be like, Hey, I saw that you made this meal. I want to make this dish. I want to impress my friends in a couple months. Like I'm practicing making it. What wine should I pair with it? Um, and then, like, when you go to the liquor store, like, let's say that you just want to go to that corner store that you're like, ah, there's the same people who, like, never seem friendly. Um, then you can just, like, go and grab what you're looking for and not necessarily have to engage, <laughs> which, yeah. like, doesn't sound like the best in terms of, like, talking to people. But then you do have an idea and you have someone who you've, like, either read on, like, some type of blog or something like Bon Appetit where they're giving a recommendation. Um, I know when I was a kid, I watched a lot of Food Network, and they would talk about the wines on different shows was a big everyday Italian fan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's helpful to everyone, yeah. but to th- those folks who are big on the food shows, lean into it.
1: I think that's definitely helpful. And also, if you're like out searching for a specific recommendation and you want someone to help you, like don't go to the liquor store on the corner that has uh-huh. like, two kinds of Pinot Grigio, you know, like, go go to one of those, like, big liquor stores um, or, like, a small specialty wine shop, like, a small local wine shop. Um, they're God. definitely going to be able to help you out a lot better there than, than the liquor store. And they might let uh, you try it. Yeah, that too. A lot of times they'll, like, do little tastings, so... Um, Take advantage of that. Not during the time of COVID, they won't be doing that. But (laughs) no, (laughs) hopefully one day. (laughs)
0: Because Whole Foods was doing that. Like, depending on where you live, I know in Colorado that's not life. But I have friends in Virginia who are like, "We're gonna go to Whole Foods and get a glass of wine and go grocery shopping." (laughs) And I'm like, "You're gonna do what?" Um, And now in Texas, you can also go and try the wine at the grocery store. Um, They have like a little wine bar.
1: Nice. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So take advantage of that as well. Like depending on what state you're in, this is not in all 50 States, despite (laughs) the different ways that liquor laws are working right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I think one thing that we're really going to miss after, um, things start going back to normal is the, um, (laughs) to go
0: alcohol. 100%.
1: I'm guessing that, you know, they won't be letting you drive around with margaritas in your car um, when things go back to a normal life. I do think it's funny how that was never really addressed. It was just like, a, this is allowed now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like it's like almost safer. Container. Yeah, I think so too in a lot of ways. but. It's like the open container law just was abolished temporarily, or something. Like it was never addressed. No one ever brought it up. It's like a, hey, so just to confirm, like <laughs> this is allowed. People, it was like restaurants are like, well, we're uh, you know, letting you take wine slushies to go, and it's like, okay, cool. I'll just put that in my cup holder. <laughs> you know.
0: It's yeah, that's true. It's just
1: like it, people didn't stop to ask. questions about the legality of it all. It was just like states are saying, yep, we're allowing restaurants to do to-go food and drinks, and that's that.
0: (laughs) And pretty much like across the country, like states that were pretty conservative about it, all of a sudden everyone had it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe they will just be like, we're going to keep it like this because it's sometimes better when people just take their drinks to go and get drunk at their house instead of in the restaurant
1: sure yeah less disturbances i would imagine <laughs>
0: yeah. um, and they yeah, cut I, off after a certain number that's true
1: i am curious to see how uh that changes once restaurants are allowed to serve alcohol in their establish- establishments like does that go away i don't know we'll see what happens um
0: <laughs> probably not immediately but we'll see
1: i think I'm guessing it'll go away at some point that you won't be able to do that anymore. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I think that could be a positive thing that comes out of COVID.
0: <laughs> Love it. I'm here for it. I can always uh, just be like, ah, I don't necessarily want to go into this restaurant that's super busy, but they have good margaritas. So I'll pick up a margarita and go to my house and enjoy it. Yeah,
1: I I like that. Um, So we have some resources that make it pretty easily to, uh, figure out what to pair with, um, different food. Uh, there is one website that lets you type in the kind of wine you want to drink. So like Pinot Grigio, or you can type in the food that you want to have for dinner, for example, and then it'll give you pairing. So say I want Pinot Grigio, I type it in and it'll say like, you should have, I don't know, Uh, shrimp scampi or whatever um so i thought that was kind of cool but we have a few websites and little charts um that we will include the links to in the description of this episode and we will also share those on the sports and corks twitter and instagram
0: we're here for you we want to help you flex on your friends when it comes to pairing food and wine or just impress your parents that too it's always important (laughs) I mean, it's more important to just, like, not necessarily flex on your friends. That was a bad example, but, like...
1: Oh, it's important to impress your parents, though.
0: That's that's very true. When they're like, what have you been doing for the last two months in quarantine? And you're like, I developed a skill carrying <laughs> food and wine. <laughs> it's become a sommelier. <laughs> yeah. So I think they'd be a little more impressed by that than you just being like, I drank 10 bottles of wine in 10 weeks. Yeah. They probably won't be impressed by that.
1: It's pretty low ratio.
0: I know. I was I was thinking about like the average that like I'll go through in a week, and I'm like, that's probably not the average of what a lot of people are going through in a week, but that's okay. <laughs> there's no judgment. I'm mixing beer in with the wine. It's it's fine. Um <laughs> so now that we've talked about like the good food pairings with wine, we're gonna talk about some unacceptable food pairings. Like some major, please don't do this. Uh starting with We talked about Moscato, and we kind of poo-pooed on the (laughs) bottom shelf Moscato. But, like, I don't care what level of Moscato you buy. Don't eat it with pizza or drink it with pizza. Like, you're not a college student. You deserve better than this. You can pair things much better. If you're
1: going to have Moscato, have it with something that is meant to go with Moscato.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. If you're going to have pizza... Don't pair it with a white wine unless it's like a – uh then this is where we're, like, splitting hairs. Because if a pizza <laughs> doesn't have red sauce, if you get, like, yep. a nice – Like an olive uh, oil base, then – Yes, with, wine. like, some arugula yeah. and prosciutto and figs. Then you do want a white wine, but you don't want a sweet white wine. You want, a, like, probably a dry right. white wine.
1: Like a Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Yes, precisely. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's that's our one, like, please don't do this uh, moment. The rest is encouragement.
0: <laughs> it's true. The, there are, like, enemies of wine, but this is not because we're, like, judging you. This is because don't do this. It'll, like, your mouth will not be happy with you. And I didn't um, know this stuff,
1: so this is just educating the people.
0: Oh, my goodness. We're well, out here <laughs> helping people during quarantine. I love it. It makes me feel good about this, like even better about it. Um, So in this search of unacceptable food pairings, I wanted to like throw more shade, but I ended up finding like useful information for folks. So uh, most salad dressings are like vinegar based and that does not like bode well for your wine drinking. I'm sure it has something to do with chemistry. I failed organic chemistry. Don't ask me about the chemistry. Yeah, But I...
1: I (laughs) I took honors chemistry for some reason and I think I got a C in that class So, in high school, high school chemistry <laughs> so, so we are not chemists
0: in Louisiana. Not even a little bit we just know that we can understand maybe that like you don't want to have your vinaigrette with a glass of wine because it doesn't taste good. Why, why it doesn't taste good in terms of the chemicals we don't know, don't ask us, google it um and One of my favorite things to eat at brunch, eggs, does not go with wine. But I don't know many people who are like, let me make some scrambled eggs and drink a glass of Merlot. That seems a little silly. Um, But something about the eggs, again, the, the flavor just does not go together if you're just making plain eggs. Obviously, eggs go into so many things that we eat that we also eat while drinking wine. It's not just like, anything involving eggs just like don't make an omelet and drink a glass of wine you won't be happy about it um and tomatoes like straight up tomatoes and like garlic raw garlic basically it just it doesn't pair well you have two very strong flavors and they just are not they don't belong together um like, if you've been following us in terms of talking about The Bachelor and Peter, how he just didn't belong with, like, any of those women. Um, <laughs> he is all of these things that don't belong with wine, and a lot of those women are the wine. And then spices, like, anything too spicy, which I, like, hate that I'm saying this, but, like, not, not like your overspiced food not that you can really overspice food, but if you're eating something super spicy um, and or super, you know, strong in terms of the flavoring of the spices, it again, it doesn't – your palate will not be happy with all of these different things happening to it. Sure.
1: So uh, try and avoid those things for sure.
0: Yeah. Don't make a super spiced salad with a vinaigrette, raw tomatoes, and raw garlic that – and then expect that you can drink a glass of wine with it.
1: Your taste buds will not be thrilled—not
0: <laughs> even a little bit.
1: Um, so sometimes when we have wine, we like to read. It's just a nice, relaxing thing to do. Especially, it's a good self-care thing during quarantine. I think. Uh, hmm. What books are you reading lately, or what? What do you? What are your book recommendations?
0: So during quarantine, I finished reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, and I started reading, and I have finished because I'm on week eight, um, but <laughs> uh, The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, I think everyone should read Born a Crime just because I enjoy Trevor Noah. I enjoy his voice and his perspective. He talks about growing up in South Africa and growing up in South Africa biracial And just kind of what that meant. And like he talks about socioeconomic status. And um, I've talked to another friend who read the book who was like, I wasn't super impressed with it. And I was like, yeah, but the something I really took away from it when he talks about like his family who like was in poverty. He's like, poverty is a cycle. Like you can't like if someone makes it out, like you're still like giving money back to those people that you left Um, Which I was like, yeah, that's very true. And that's something that people don't talk about enough that like people who make a lot of people who come out of poverty, um, especially people of color, like you're still very close with your family, who is still like in that bad situation. So you're still trying to help pull them out of it with you, which is also a drain, which just like, it impacts generations. So um, it was nice to read a book that was like, social issues, but very funny. Um, and then the night circus was a really good, like fantasy book, but what have you been reading?
1: Um, mostly comedy books just because it's light. Um, yeah. g- given the current circumstances, yep. um, I have already read, um, Jim Gaffigan's book, dad is fat. Um, but I'm rereading it cause I just think it's super funny. Um, so he's a comedian. I feel like most people know who he is, but, um, he's just like a white dad lives in New York, um, was raised in a Catholic family. And so he has a lot of jokes about like coming from a big Catholic family, which I like can relate to, but it's very like the whole book is very self-deprecating humor. And it's just really funny. Um, even if you don't have kids of your own, um, just the way that he describes things is hilarious. Like he kind of, um, makes an analogy to like how humans pick up their dogs poop off of the ground and it's like who's the superior being here? Like he kind of makes he makes a lot of comparisons like that with kids like how kids just run people's lives. Um, But definitely would recommend that book, Dad is Fat. (laughs) Um, And then Aziz Ansari has a book called um, Modern Love and it came out I think when we were in college, maybe I Um, think
0: it did. I read a chapter of it in a class in grad school. Okay,
1: Yeah. So it's like a little bit old, but still pretty relevant. Like there are definitely some things that are dated in it, like references to like messages on Facebook. Like, I don't think your crush is sending you a message on Facebook these days. um, Like they would have in when we were in college. Um, But it's, It's, like, an interesting psychological study, um, and then also intertwined with humor and, like, funny stories of Z Ansari's experience with dating. Um, it's just, like, all of it's very relatable and, um, just kind of makes you laugh at, like, the mess that is dating and relationships. Um, so I would recommend those two books if you, if you need a laugh and if you want a little bit more, um, have a learning book I guess read modern love
0: <laughs> yeah but like, like it doesn't feel yes, like yeah. a learning book
1: no because it's funny but it's definitely yeah. educational at the same time
0: yeah that's true you know? that's very true but it's such a fun book it is I really enjoy it <laughs> um so this is our cork episode and someone had asked about Cork, Ireland. What do you know about Cork, Ireland, Emily?
1: Um, I know that it is a place in Ireland that I've heard of before. And um, I just finished, embarrassingly, watching Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: <laughs> and uh, there's a condescent from, she's from Cork. So that's my extent to my knowledge. What do you okay. know about Cork? You probably know more. <laughs>
0: i probably know not much more i've been there because i did a trip to ireland with a friend and we went through cork and it was fun um i believe we went to a bar that was like a bar that was highly rated and then we so we were staying at airbnb's and we went back and told the woman who like owned the house we were staying in and we told her what bar we went to and she was like oh that bar would be appropriate for you all if you were 60 years older. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> She's like, you should have gone to the bar like two blocks down and gone to that one. It would have been full of young people. And I was like, uh, well, that's what I get for looking at TripAdvisor and being like, oh, yeah, I want to go somewhere that's like people love. Well, of course, someplace that people who are older love, because that's who likes to travel to Ireland. Um, it's a good, good country to travel to. At any time in your life, but there's not, it's not a super fast paced country. So take that how you will. <laughs> um. So another part of someone asking about Cork, Ireland was is Cork, like what they, you know, the Cork are our sports and corks uh-huh. named after it? No. And it's not. No. <laughs> no. Um, cork is named after. Uh, it's, it comes from a Gaelic word that 100%. Do you want to give a try at saying the Gaelic word? Uh, I
1: don't, I don't know that cor corkai, C- corkig, I don't know. Yeah, I, cor, cor- <laughs> c-o-r-c-a-i-g-h.
0: Send us your soundbite <laughs> of pronouncing this word in Gaelic. Um, it means marshy place so sorry to anyone who thought that the cork that is put into wine was named after cork Ireland cork that is put into wine comes from a tree it it grows in between the bark and like the layers they take it out and it's been used forever I bet that Plato (coughs) and Socrates they were like we're gonna drink some wine and put a cork in it so like probably in greek not english and not in slang but yeah <laughs> quark does its job it's an, imp- it's an important thing oh yeah it's like it's a very useful material um it's like impermeable and it's buoyant so like it's oh, wow. not buoyant i like that word. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, i like the Bluey definition of it is also a fun word we we did some research for this episode. Um, fun fact: Cork can only be extracted from the tree from early May to late August. So when it's it can be
1: corking season.
0: Yep. Yep, we're getting there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> almost, almost corking season. Alrighty. Um, Gaelic football is another thing that is popular in Cork, and we were also in uh, a request asked to discuss Gaelic football. Uh, very interesting sport by, our, by the research that we did. Um, it's said to be a mixture of soccer, rugby, and basketball, but it came about before all of those sports, um, and it happens on a field. Um, so do you want to kind of go into some of the details about this?
0: Um, yeah. game. <laughs> Yeah, it's very similar to rugby. When I was reading, I was like, oh, this seems like rugby, but it's not. Um, let's just start there. It's The field is bigger than the rugby field. The ball is like a volleyball instead of a rugby ball. For folks not familiar with rugby, it's like a football, like an American football, but fatter. Yeah, it's like an egg, but softer. Obviously big rugby fans out here. <laughs> um. And the ball can be carried in your hands for a distance of four steps and can be kicked or hand passed. Um, so that's where I think it again, it's very similar to rugby. Um yeah. Or um like ultimate frisbee. I don't know how many steps you can take with ultimate frisbee though, with the uh, frisbee. Not sure there. <laughs> I think it's like you it can only make forward motion if you're throwing. Again, we're big ultimate <laughs> frisbee, big rugby people. Um, anyways, after every four steps, the ball must be bounced or um soloed—an <laughs> action of dropping the ball onto the foot and kicking it in, kicking it back into the hand, like you drop kick it for yourself. <laughs> and you can't bounce the ball twice in a row. So, like,
1: like a I, good way to get hit in the face. <laughs> It seems I like don't a think mess. it's a sport for me.
0: Um I don't it doesn't seem like it's a sport that's really made it outside of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it,
0: uh, it was broken up into other sports to kind of minimize the damage. Um, you can't just pick the ball up off the ground. Um the toe has you have to like flick it into your hands so like watch Messi like flick the ball and kick it. But like, instead of it going into the goal, it goes into your hands. And then the points come from when the ball goes over the crossbar between the uprights. So that's like, basically. Yeah. And then. In American football. (laughs) Yeah. Or when it's put under the crossbar between the uprights. So I think that is similar to soccer or rugby. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So, that is Gaelic football.
1: <laughs> 101. You heard it here first.
0: We're we we're digging in deep to sports that not everyone is focusing on right now. So if you have some recommendations, also send the Wikipedia page with it <laughs> if you want to talk about it. Because if we are left to our own devices to do the research, my goodness, this is where we are. Yeah. Cork, Ireland.
1: Like... I want to know, like, some really obscure sports. I don't know. I don't even know what an example would be.
0: Is anything super obscure now with, like, the internet and with, like, I'm sure any sport that is big in one area of the world that, like, no one's heard of elsewhere is, like, a TikTok video with millions (laughs) of views.
1: Yeah. Like, something like underwater basket weaving, like, something that's just a ridiculous. (laughs) sport. I want to I want your recommendations because I I feel like I just don't know. I can't even think of sports that are crazy or like activities like that that are competitive and weird. So, send those in.
0: <laughs> Please do, listeners. We want to hear them. Just like you want to hear our hot takes of the week. What's your hot take this week, Emily?
1: Um, so a lot of people that I have talked to about the watermelon white claws um think they're very bad. Um, I think that people just have a vendetta against watermelon-flavored things, um, hmm. particularly when they're not, like, fake watermelon flavor. Does that make sense? Like, Jolly yeah. Ranchers, like, people like watermelon Jolly Ranchers, yeah. but people don't like watermelon-flavored sparkling water, of which there are many. Um, oh. And, like, I've had a lot of friends say that because I like I like drinking those. Um, but... I think that the watermelon white claw is delicious and um, I don't know why so many people don't like it. So my hot take is that it's great. Second to the tangerine white claws. Hmm.
0: Well, if we social distance near each other this summer and I get white claws, I'll be sure to give you all the watermelon ones. You you I can think can watermelon. Ooh, I'd be in for the mango flavored things.
1: Yeah, I don't like the mangoes. That, maybe that's a better hot take. Everyone seems to love those, not me.
0: <laughs> Which is good because then more for the rest of us. And yep. then you're not like out in the cold because you have the watermelon ones that no one seems to like. I have done
1: like swaps with people before where like if if like one of my friends also brings like a white claw variety pack to a gathering, I'll be like, I'll take your limes if you want to take my mangoes and they're like, sure. And then you get what you want. So, um, it's a win-win it is. Yeah. What's your hot take this week?
0: So I started watching the Netflix show black AF. Okay. Yeah. And naturally after I started watching and enjoying it, I was like, all right, what does the world think of this? Am I going to get dragged if I'm like, this show is great. Um, and it turns out people are not loving it. Um, so so for some backstory, Kenya Barris, who was the creator of Blackish, and Blackish has two spin-offs, Mixedish and Grownish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he produces both of them. And so this show, Black AF, is about him as him. So he's a a Hollywood dude who had a successful TV show, and it's like his life in LA with his family. And Rashida Jones plays his wife, and she's hilarious. Uh, I feel like I have only really watched her in Parks and Rec, where she's also funny. But Amy Poehler is, like, in any scene, Amy Poehler is the star. So Rashida Jones, also, I didn't really love Anne as a character. Eh. Um, <laughs> so in this show, she's just, she's great. And people don't love it because they're like, this is someone speaking for the black community. And I'm like, I don't really know if they're like, he's trying to speak for the black community. I don't know if he's trying to like whatever he's trying to do, but they're like, this isn't funny. This is like basically somewhat catering to what white viewers want. I don't know. Interesting. Not not super popular. I mean, like one of the articles I read was talking about how like blackish, like middle-aged white moms, like, suburban moms love to watch blackish. And I'm like, well, that's good. Then they're like seeing black people. Um, and it's not fair that shows like blackish or black AF are being compared to shows like Martin or Sister Sister or Moesha, like any of those shows from like the 90s uh-huh. that are about black folks, because the black experience is no longer just that.
1: So, like, these modern shows aren't an accurate representation.
0: I think they're not an accurate representation for like everyone because sure. not everyone is like black and like the new money. Got it. Okay. And that's kind of what like blackish and black af they show like when you basically you you get you level up like you suddenly make like tons of money and you live in like a white neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. you know you are well off. You have a like he has a mansion in this show and like One of his kids go to USC, and they joke about like having hiding one of their Range Rovers or whatever. So like things like that, where it's like it's not just like your middle class, like the normal
1: experience for most people.
0: No, but people are like critiquing it, and I'm like, yeah, it's not like your standard black experience because most of us, it's not your standard American experience.
1: (laughs) Most of us, regardless of race, like that's not the norm.
0: No, but I don't know. And like people have negative comments because like Tyler Perry was on an episode and like people have mixed feelings about him. And not to like minimize those feelings, like I think people are, it's like they're within their rights to have their frustrations with like what he's creating. Mm -hmm. But like at the same time, I'm still like. Mm We're trying to, like, broaden what people are seeing of this community. Like, we cannot only make, like, shows that are either, like, about being, like, poor and black and, like, making it. Because, like, not every black person, like, starts off, like, poor. Um, I mean, you can't have everyone be in the hood. You can't have everyone be whatever. Like, black people are not a monolith. And I think that by having shows like Black AF and Blackish kind of show that. Um, so my hot take is that, like, it's a good show. I think it's very funny. And when people are like, this isn't funny, I'm like, oh, you're, you're missing it. Like, maybe it is speaking to certain Black experiences, like, further showing, like, how complex the Black experience in the United States is.
1: That is a deep dive and a good analysis of a show that I have not yet watched. <laughs>
0: I hope you watch it and let me know what you think. At first, I did not know it was, like, supposed to be, like, a sitcom. Uh-huh. I thought that it was, like, really Kenya Barris's life. Because I'm like, oh, like, he has a wife who's a lawyer. He has six kids. um, And, yeah. You- you'll have to let me know what you think. It's not-, it's not a heavy show. Okay. In terms of, I mean, like, they, I think the episodes are like, oh, because of, like, slavery or like racism or something and that's not like the focus it, it is a fairly like light and funny show that kind of points out like the disparities but not in a way that you're like oh i feel so bad that like some people are so like not well off like that's not how you feel watching it so got it it's very good
1: all right um speaking of good things what um good wine are you having this week
0: so I was on like a Riesling kick and I did, I had the be lovely late harvest Riesling and it was just like very light and fruity. It was, it would go very well with a dessert. Hmm. There we go. What about you? Pick
1: some up and make yourself a dessert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this past week I had, um, it's called Hampton water Rosé, which I think is a really funny name Um, but it's like, uh, the bottle's really cute. Um, you'll have to look it up. It's like vintage looking. Um, but it's, it was made by, um, John Bon Jovi, oddly enough, um, with, um, a vintner named Gerard Bertrand. And he has a really popular like French rosé that's got a super pretty bottle. It's called Cote de Rose. And the bottom of it is like glass in the shape of a rose um i'll have to send you a picture but i like that wine and then this wine um basically like bon jovi's name is just tagged onto it and he gets part of the money from the sales of this wine but it is not something that i would expect bon jovi to um have <laughs> influenced i guess um, but it's really good it's like a higher end wine i guess it's like 18 dollars. so i wouldn't get it like super often personally but um it's very good i
0: hmm. have to add that to the list when i want to impress someone there you go and yeah. impress my parents yeah. <laughs> um do you have any personal plugs this week
1: um I guess just the usual sw- following sports and quirks on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we will share some helpful wine information with you mm-hmm. um, on those platforms. Um, and then I guess if you want some uh, feel-good sports content during these times, um, depending on what team you're a fan of, like go check out their um, team's foundation accounts on social media. Um, so, like, Kroenke's is KSE underscore charities. Um, those accounts are, like, sharing a lot of positive um, stories about sports, like, what um, what these teams are doing to help out the community during these challenging times. So, if you need a little bit of um, positivity, like, go check out your favorite team's um, charity account. That would be my recommendation. Uh, what are your personal plugs?
0: The usual Tailgate Society Pods. Most recently, we started two new ones, Bitter Units and Culture Check. And then Drunk Dialing, Matinee Baseball, you know. So what new, do the new ones cover? Like, what are their topics? So Bitter Units is beer. And, like, not just – we're talking about beer. Like, they talk about different beers every week and, like, the flavors. And, like, they do actual really good uh, deep dives into the beer on, like, the cork deep dive into the city, <laughs> um, but they, um, yeah, they just, just a couple guys, they talk about beer and like, it, I enjoy it. I'll like go out on my walks and listen. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that that contributed to the flavor. Um, Cause I usually, am just like, Oh, I like this type of beer. And I guess being like, I like a darker beer does not mean really anything. So yeah, it's, it's a good, for our beer fans, be sure to just, like, subscribe to um, the Tailgate Society podcast, like, channel. You'll you'll get all of them. And then Culture Check is, like, um, we're going to do, like, short series of different, like, pop culture things. So right now we're talking about the Harry Potter series. And for folks who are a fan of the books, the movies the theme parks, all of the above. Well, we've only really talked about the books and the movies, but we are all in there. So check that out. If you are not into Harry Potter, I'm sure in a couple months we'll be talking about a different pop culture thing that is for you. So keep that in the back of your mind. And then for tailgate society, just like written content, check out Monday music and five on it. um, Both just talking about upcoming music or current music or um, just like recommendations And follow the Tailgate Society on Twitter and Instagram so you know when all these things are coming out. Um, Unlike the accounts that Emily recommended, not always, like, feel-good content, necessarily. (laughs) Like, just just our regular content. But, um, yeah, if you want more feel-good content, Emily's about to bring the bigger-than-sports moment for you.
1: Yeah. uh, So Broncos player Demarcus Ware has been hosting – trivia nights for children, um, in the speech language therapy program at Children's Hospital Colorado. Um, he's been doing that for a while, but with all of the COVID-19 stuff, he is now doing them virtually for the kids ju- just to keep them going. Um, and he suffered from a speech impediment as a kid. So I just thought that was a really nice thing for someone to do in their free time. Uh, I sh- I'm sure those kids who do participate in that love it. Um, sounds like a really cool thing so um, we will include a link to him talking about um what he does with that program and uh that's your bigger than sports for the week
0: it's a very happy bigger than sports you love to see it um that is all i have for this week how about you
1: uh that's it i think we covered a lot of ground with wine and hopefully it's helpful information for people
0: Yeah, so thank you for listening. We'll be back with another topic. Again, feel free to send whatever you want to hear us talking about as we anxiously await sports to return. Emily and Emily, sports and courts!